Oh no. Welcome everyone to Oh No with Anna Campion. It's me, your host, Anna Campion. Uh, same, same shit, different day as per usual. Um, I've been having a bit of a, a bit of a tired tone to a lot of my intros recently um, because I am tired. I'm tired of being inside all the time. <laughs> I'm tired of, um, you know, not seeing my loved ones on a regular basis. Um, and I also don't like my job right now. So if I'm tired, that's why. But um, thankfully, I have someone to perk me up today. Um, the lovely Lisa Timmons. Hello, Lisa. Oh my gosh, Anna. It's what a nice introduction. Um, I, I have to just say, I don't think you're quite as tired as you sound relaxed. Oh, that's the, that's the very nice way of putting it. Maybe that's, um, maybe that's like what my body kicks into when I'm just feeling like completely burned out is like all of a sudden I get a really like nice like rasp in my voice. Yes. I feel like, I feel like I get really, I get, I feel like I get very, um, like, uh, meditation podcast all of a sudden. I, I like it. I mean, I'm very, you're, you're, you're soothing me if, if oh, that's any huge. consolation. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, yeah. well, I, we, how we are talking you? About how, oh, yes, I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you. And I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a self-described L.A. comedy person. I feel like that sure. best sums up everything that I do. And, uh, yeah, I came, came across your podcast through Hoo Ha Ha, of which I am a mm-hmm. very big fan. And just, yeah, me um, too. it's sort of like, it's so funny because I'm not single, but I'm like, oh, this is like a blind date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, um, yeah. I like wash my hair for it and stuff. Mine's like, still wet. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. You look great, but I'm pretty sure I see a portrait of yourself with um, who I presume to be your husband, your life partner, um, and a child between you. <laughs> so I love that. Pretty sure. <laughs> Here's what's great about audio podcasts. Um, that is a portrait of my boyfriend and his uh-huh. parents, and he. Uh, yeah, I can see why that would maybe look like it was mine. But um, yes, we live together in his family home with his parents Excellent. which is where we've been during pandemic <laughs> oh my god what a what a um i tell you what you know what there's not enough of in american society and this is a for real this is a for real criticism that my mom gives about american society is intergenerational living um like i'm my mother is from columbia south america sure so i'm a little more connect and also he he's british so i think it's uh, a very american thing yeah um, just like to just like completely separate and like ship the oldies off to you know yeah retirement homes yeah it's it's very fun yeah especially and also I, i'm in la we are in a housing crisis mm-hmm. and um yeah it's funny i've i've just always lived i haven't lived alone very much mm-hmm. <laughs> i like it i like it but i'm also very yeah very into tribal stuff <laughs> yeah sure no and i mean i think especially in a pandemic um I mean, so I live with three roommates, and uh, so in the pandemic, I've either been with them or with um, my, like, immediate family in the D.C. area. Um, And, um, you know, both come with their struggles. Yes. I will say that. Both setups have come with um, a lot of, like, you know, building, growing together. Yes. Um, And so sometimes I'm, like, thinking, like, 
man a one bedroom sounds awesome right now <laughs> like that sounds really sick and then um like i have a couple of friends who do like have legit lived alone like it throughout the course of the pandemic and they're like yeah i mean i forgot how to interact with people i simply <laughs> i simply haven't seen another person who isn't like the checkout person at a grocery store in months um and i'd be I don't having know... the most meaningful conversations with strangers oh hey. my god people would have accidentally made eye contact with me and i feel like i would have just been like hey how are you but like really what's mm-hmm. going on <laughs> yeah like Listen, just consider this, like, free therapy. Tell me everything. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, no, I don't have qualifications, but I don't need them. I'm just here for you. I'm, I'm just, like, confident. begging for interaction. <laughs> yeah, so when you say, like, L.A. comedy person, to me that, I mean, I get it because I, like, would kind of probably describe myself in the same way because I'm not necessarily, like, a comedian per se. Uh, yes. But like, I am, like, a, I, I am, like, I have, like, a comedy podcast. I have, I'm in comedy circles on twitter um i think i'm funny but i don't know this could all be a long con this could all just be (laughs) like this could all be just like being crazy overconfident no Um, no no i think i think we used to think of i'm not a stand like when i i feel like saying comedian i can't even commit to that because to me i Mm -hmm. will always see person with a microphone standing in front of a brick wall talking alone to an audience and I've never really done that I've done improv I've done sketch I've made Mm -hmm. videos sometimes I perform sometimes I don't so I feel like comedy person is um you know we're just being more inclusive about how people feel about their comedy identity (laughs) yeah I think um yeah and I think that you're seeing a lot more people garner like you know uh acclaim and recognition for just being like comedy people and less so like legit stand-up comedians like i feel like there's this whole new wave of um like young you know comedy people coming in who you know like kind of like the the rachel senat the like bowen yang the oh yes uh, the io ao edibiri the you know this kind of like whole like wave of people is coming in who like yeah like they do stand up or whatever but they're also like doing a ton of other shit um that like they can't really get they're not really being pigeonholed in any way which is cool yeah i think so too i mean i think for me also a lot of shows I'm finding it seems like there's less that shows are dramas and shows are comedies as much as like one is a bit more com- has more jokes mm-hmm. than the mm-hmm. other one. It's just which I think is not like literally at this point the only way I can tell the difference is like is it half an hour or is it an hour or is it forty? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and also like what network is it on? Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> like if it's if it's for if it's you know fifty minutes an episode on HBO, then like I'm buckling in for something traumatic totally but. well let me ask you this because i feel like as a, co- a comedy person i find myself doing this a lot i i feel like i watch more dramas because it feels mm-hmm. like um it doesn't feel like work whereas yeah. if i'm if i'm like watching comedies i'm like i know i have to get through these like i need to be current on this so sometimes mm-hmm. i find myself like dr- anything that's not comedy feels like cheating mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just like, you're just like, you're just like anything. I'm tired of it. Well, I mean, it's really, I don't know. I mean, I'm also just like a huge, like, TV head. 
Um, so I feel like I go in phases. So like right now I'm in a big um, British murder mystery phase. Oh, that's um, hilarious. Yeah. Do you watch Rosemary in Time? No, I've heard great things about it, though, but I haven't had access to it yet. I, I, um, well, as I mentioned, my boyfriend's parents are British, so they mm-hmm. have BritBox, Acorn, all yep. the British streaming services, and so many sweet, polite little murders just happen yeah. in gardens and get solved. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been very into, uh, there's this one YouTube channel, it's called Brit TV, and it has all of the Poirot. Oh, nice. Uh, ITV adaptation on it and all of the Marple uh, oh, wow. adaptation That's on a it. Lot. And I'm a, yeah, and I'm a big Agatha Christie fan. And so I've just been like fucking plowing through those. Like, and because it, it's always so soothing and I end up falling asleep and it's just like, it's so nice. And um, yeah, murder yeah, never seems so gentle. <laughs> no, and it's always like, and it's, and it's always like, God, I wish there was a small Belgian man in my life who was just like, <laughs> I know exactly what you need to do. Like, tell me. <laughs> I'm begging. <laughs> well, begging for someone we, to tell me what to do. I think we know what your type is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some so, some guy just yeah. starts whispering sweet Flemish nothings into your ear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, besides, and I mean, I'd have to get over the fact that he is a man and I am a lesbian, but beyond that, <laughs> I think it would be a really, I think it would be a really great fit. Um, <laughs> Maybe for our, maybe for my next roommate situation. Yeah, that's you know what? what? That's what uh, I'll do. I'm a big believer in the power of the platonic love and friendship. Mm-hmm. That's actually something that I'm like constantly talking about to people. So I I really am rooting for you and mm-hmm. your your Belgian man and my my platonic Belgian soulmate. <laughs> your platonic yeah, Belgian I mean, soulmate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because God God knows the romantic soulmate hasn't really worked out for me yet. Um, which is you know fine. I'm young, yada yada. Well, but I will I will I'd, ask you. Are I'd you in your twenties? Are you in your twenties? I am. Well, I'm I'm twenty four. Okay, well, don't you worry, because mm-hmm. um, you have a lot more m- mistakes and things to get to capers. You have capers oh, to get goody. into. Oh, goody. Oh, <laughs> goody. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, so, so um, you know, I never ask a lady her age. I assume you're no longer in your 20s. I am 41 <laughs> years old, and I I just realized that, like, after I asked you, I'm like, I really should just volunteer. That's the etiquette, isn't it, I think? <laughs> yeah. Well, because then I don't want to be a bitch. You know, exactly. I don't want to be the 24-year-old with a podcast. Like, oh, my God, so how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I started this. I started this. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, it's really interesting, I guess, because so my, um, my parents are in the, like, they're, they're, uh, my mom just turned, well, I'm not gonna out my mom like that, <laughs> but, um, I think there is, like, a very, um, there's just such a pronounced difference, I think, generationally between, like, my parents, uh, generation and, and, uh, like, how they navigated through their 20s, as opposed to how, like, pretty much like Lena Dunham down have been nav- oh. are navigating their 20s. I'm in that um, weird in-between age. Yeah, you're in that girl <laughs> era. Yeah. Right before, actually I'm older than them because mm-hmm. I was, I was born in 80, mm-hmm. I was 10 in 1990, so I was a teenager in the 90s. It is a That's miracle. Cool. I have 
any eyebrow hairs. I think I would have, I think, yeah, I think I honestly, I think I would have crushed as a teen and early 20s oh, person in the 90s. All of you. I think I would have crushed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I have met, so, it's so funny because I, I came out to Los Angeles in 2002 and I was 22 and I just graduated college. Right. And I just feel like, uh, you know, I've been in and around the entertainment industry pursuing, trying to figure out what way mm-hmm. in and this. And I had a sort of a, a come to Jesus where I was like, okay, I'm going to break down and just do some improv. And this was in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I joined UCB and then I started interacting with uh, a lot more women than I had seen when I had first moved out and taken right. classes. Uh, and 10 years younger is about how what everybody was for me. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed at the confidence of the 20-something-year-old women that I interacted with. And it really just... It We're gave intolerable. Me, <laughs> We're, you know, honey, I'm glad. It's, because it's I was so intolerable how confident we are. You kind of, but here's the thing I need to tell you. That that, make, that changes things. You guys, mm-hmm. you make a difference when... I mean... I'm still getting there. Look, I can't even get this thought out correctly. Without, with well, that's because also because this is a, this is like a Sunday afternoon. Like that's we're on true. the fly. So, like, but no, I really you know. do. It is you know, I will take any feelings of you know annoyance because I think it's so much more important that like the pushing, like mm-hmm. just having the confidence, to be like I'm just gonna put myself out there. I'm just gonna try this thing. I'm just going to believe in myself and then see mm-hmm. what happens. Because I yeah. was not like that as much. I was very more, I was much more timid, much more waiting for somebody to give me permission. And mm-hmm. I I think by hanging out with women who are like 10 and 20 years younger than me, I've like really, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm stealing that juice. I'm getting that. Yeah, you're, that energy. You're, the, the, yeah, you're, you're, uh, and old you're Supremes the, um, pulling out the energy from the young ones. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, that, there's that one, the vampire queen who bathed in all of her young maid's blood. Oh, yes. I remember when I read a book on female serial killers, there was yeah. like a countess in like Romania yeah, or something. Yeah, in, in, yeah, I'm her, forgetting her name. Her name was um, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> can i tell you um, something my roommate yes please he he bought th- this us weekly this was like five years ago or something four or five years ago and i came home and it was on the cover it had j-lo in a bikini in a pool turned backwards and mm-hmm. the title said j-lo reveals all her beauty secrets and i look and i was like oh she re-. and he goes it's bullshit it's clean eating <laughs> exercise and water he goes i want to know about a thousand dollar face cream that's going to just take everything out of the off my face no literally (laughs) it's like it's like what's your beauty secret money yes i i literally (laughs) never have to worry about rent no i i I, um like it's like oh my god like you look so young how do you look so young i do not stress out about things anymore because i am so fucking rich and everything is done for me. I mean, the thing is, there's a there's a hack to that. Um, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of not aging too much, but a lot of it is I just, I have so little responsibilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always that... tell people, I've never, when someone goes, oh, you have such such soft hands, I go, I've never done an honest day's work in my life. Yeah, and I've I plan never... to keep it that way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I don't I don't use these for anything besides oh. typing skits. These <laughs> are decorative. <laughs> <laughs> these help me these help me peel bananas and that's it that's it <laughs> oh my banana um, peelers <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> yeah no i i totally get that um yeah i don't know it's all yeah i mean i i also like talk a lot of shit on how like hard i work and how depressed i am for someone who works in like television like uh, video editing like oh, come girl on. though but like, like yeah it's it, I, it's but I will a, say, I think the the main complaint I have about my job now is that I work 40 hours a week, and the job is in Stamford, Connecticut, so I commute 20 hours a week. Oh, you have to physically go in, so you can't even yeah. do it remotely. Well, yeah. No, everyone else in the office gets to. Are you serious? See, but not Anna. Anna, I don't want this for you. <laughs> I don't either. That's that's me done with bitching. Um, but speaking of jobs and speaking of work, I know that you have a couple stories about, as you described them, sort of like workplace snafus and sort of like yes. stuff like that. So yes, I'm curious I do, to hear my about friend. those. Well, when you said email, that mm-hmm. was my, my first big story that I had. The So embarrassing. Um I was, to set the scene, like I told you, I had just moved to Los Angeles. I was 20, I was in my early 20s, so I might have been 23 or 24. Mm -hmm. And I managed to get a job at a production company, a pretty major production company, and, Mm -hmm. but doing like a lot of reality TV stuff. So I was the assistant to the VP of publicity. And I interacted with the different publicists from the different departments, and it was all, we were all women. So, mm-hmm. and I was the youngest, but most of the publicists, I think my boss was my, maybe in her forties and most of the publicists sure. were between maybe late twenties, early thirties. So we were a youngish group, just a lot of estrogen coursing through our veins. And I think I was still very immature college mentality and it felt like a sorority. I don't know. Have you ever interacted <laughs> with publicists or people who work in publicity? No, but I have been in a sorority, so okay. I know the I know the vibe that you're thinking of, which is like we which can... is like okay, so like Jared sent the weirdest text to me or whatever, and then you, whip you just yourself kind into of... this. It's like whatever the lady version of a circle jerk is, where we just whip mm-hmm. ourselves into like a certain emotional belief, and then mm-hmm. by the time you talk to the person who's actually involved, you realize that you have created a whole scenario that does not mm-hmm. exist. Well, in this scenario, I there I, I was very close with one of the publicists who happened to be physically in my building. So she was on another floor. So I would come down to her office a lot, and we would chat, and we would also email a lot. Well, this one publicist in the group was just a very – she was very boisterous and kind of over – she was a little bit over the top. Nothing – malicious Mm -hmm. nothing mean just kind of a a bit of a maniac but ultimately you know a nice lady well me and the other publicist uh, would talk about her and you know there were these little clicks of that would form we're like oh can you believe this ridiculous way she said this thing blah 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 so we get this email from her where everyone you know everyone's on the distribution and then I believe that I am forwarding or exclusively replying to my friend and I reply all something snide Mm. and I Mm. 
immediately realize that I cannot undo this. I Mm -hmm. had such a horror. Immediately I had this feeling in the pit of my stomach and I ran down to the other publicist and I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't believe I did this. I have screwed Mm -hmm. up so royally. And she's just like, oh. And the funny thing, as I was thinking about the story for this, I realized I don't exactly remember what I said. I don't exactly remember how it was resolved. I think I was so embarrassed that I literally blocked out details. You you basically, yeah, you basically just went with, like, your tail between your legs and your head down to the point where you, like, couldn't perceive anything that was happening. I mean, I've never... I've never been more wrong in my life. Like mm-hmm. I've had no, I had no defense. I, you're right. It was completely vulnerable. And I do vaguely, I do remember that we had a bit of a kumbaya meeting where we all kind of got together and, you know, just really tried to shake it off. That's very progressive for 2003, 2004. Well, the, we had to. Because mm-hmm. otherwise everybody would have maybe killed each other because publicity ladies are quite dramatic. Mm-hmm. And also, oh, actually... I've watched movies, so I can... I can... It's a publicist. Like, I want I think, um... Ugh, Heather Locklear's character from Melrose yeah, Place and... was a publicist, I think. Yeah. I'm positive Kate Hudson has played a publicist. Probably that or an interior designer. Oh, but as I'm saying well, she... this to you, I'm realizing... That was a publicity mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. They, it was literally a publicity crisis that happened. And so mm-hmm. no wonder these ladies handled it so perfectly because they're all publicists. They know exactly how to control like, a situation that has gone haywire. They're like, listen, <laughs> do you know how many actors I've had break bottles and threaten directors? That's this probably is true. This is nothing. <laughs> yes. So actually, now that I think about it, that was the best situation that could happen. In, and I'll tell you what. I've never done it since. I learned, I had, mm-hmm. that is a lesson that I think you learn once. And yeah. from that, I developed a motto that I tell everyone, which is never put your crazy in writing. I think that's true. And never, and if you have to put it in writing, and I mean, I guess this was a little bit before like cell phones and stuff. Yes. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, keep it off the company timeline, you know, oh, keep God. it off the yes. company server. Like, Oh, I mean, you know. I, I replied all from that outlook, baby, like a, with the yeah. confidence of a maniac. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's that 23 year old confidence you're talking about. Yes, right exactly. That's that, that's that I'm right. Oh, I'm not right. <laughs> I'm the, there's no one who's less right in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know, and it's it's a fine line because, um, well, and also, I mean, I say this as someone who has worked two big girl jobs and not really made any friends in, in either of them. Um, well, you might you know, just be more professional than I was. I was way too chummy. Well, uh, also, I so I, gra- I graduated college 2019. I started my first job August 2019. Um, oh, I'm so... I, by the way, so, I'm so sorry this was your entry into the workforce, honey. Listen, <laughs> I have to say I have a ton of friends and a ton of people on the podcast who have come on who graduated 2020, and I I wouldn't trade places with them for gotcha. any amount of money. Like, I mean, at least because I, I graduated, like, May 11th, and I moved up to New York, like, June 1st. Like, it was a really fast turnaround. 
Um, so I had like the whole summer where I was like going to concerts and music festivals and I was like trying to figure it out and trying to make it work. And I had a real like quintessential New York summer. And then, you know, I had, you know, I turned 23 and, you know, went to, you know, a comedy show and I saw Joe Firestone and I was really excited about that. And like I, and then, you know, and then March hit. Yeah. Um, and uh, then everything went to shit. So, I mean, I did have a, a decent amount of time, like, kind of working in an office. But, like, I mean, I guess actually not really. I had, like, six months, maybe. You had six of, months. Like, and also, I mean, when you, now that I'm hearing the timeline of you saying, oh, and I've yet to make any friends. Girl, it's a pandemic. Like, I don't know yeah. how you would. Yeah. Like, bless your little heart. Like, I, I don't know I how. Know. That is so hard. Like, to be a new person in an office and you can't even really interact. Well, but I was going to say, the only reason I think I haven't had some sort of snafu like that where I'm, like, accidentally, like, outing myself as a huge bitch to the entire company <laughs> is because, like, I don't have anyone who I could out myself as an entire bitch to the entire company with unless someone heard me talking to, like, my mom on the on the phone. <laughs> like, on the train or whatever. So, I, I get it, though. Like, that... That sucks. Like, that's yeah. Just, but oh. it sounds like it. Did, how long? How much longer did you work there? Um, maybe like another year or so. Not mm-hmm. even that long. No, actually, maybe it was about a year because it was probably like halfway. I think I was at that company for two years total. So that feels like it was a good halfway mark. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was early on. I'm really bad about remembering time, but it, it's really funny that like, I mean, time doesn't exist anymore. It really doesn't. Like we have to like like temporality is a myth, and we have to just. <laughs> except that but the funny thing is I mean it was a significant amount of it was enough amount of time that I was still there that I was like having to sort of sit in you know like the wet sheets of the bed I had pissed right yeah yeah yeah. you're kind yeah I was still like oh everyone still knows I did this and like yeah I can't kill them yeah yeah or wipe their memories men in black style yeah yeah it's like that it's like that john mulaney quote like anyone who's seen my dick and met my parents has to die like that's (laughs) yes agreed and yeah yeah okay so you sent so you sent an email that you shouldn't have sent and you know it that sucks but i feel like you know a lot of people can relate to that so and clearly you know you didn't get fired so i didn't i don't know how Maybe you were really good at everything else besides... I kind of was. Yes, that except for... Oh, okay, one time <laughs> I did accidentally schedule my boss. Like, I had her, I got her calendar mixed up because she was going to... We had two talk shows going, so she was going to one one day and the one the other, and it was like I had to, like, keep track of which one she'd be at. And one day I had mm-hmm. the wrong day, and she went to the wrong one, and she came back and she was like... So, and I had already changed her calendar. I was like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. It's totally my fault. It's totally my fault. And she came back. And that's, that's my thing. If I know I'm in the wrong, oh, Lord, I'm like, I do not put up a fight. I do not, I'm not defensive. I am like, you're right. Mm, Girl, I I messed up. And so she came Mm -hmm. in super hot. And I was like, I know, I really screwed up. I am so sorry. I fixed your calendar. I can assure you it'll never happen again. I'm really, really sorry that this happened to you. And she said, I just, I just don't understand why you're not more upset about this. And I said, here's the (laughs) thing. I think you should be as upset as you'd like to be because you're the one who had to go through going to the wrong Mm -hmm. place. I go, I don't feel like I have a right to, to be like that. I feel like I should just Mm -hmm. be calm and be quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that that. through her. (laughs) 
Yeah, she's like, oh, shit. Okay. I was like, I have to tuck my tail and go to the corner. I don't think you understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I'll be here. I won't talk the rest of the day. If you need me, let me know and I will speak. But I won't until then. <laughs> but other than that, I was like, okay, at the job. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, every, you know, everyone makes mistakes. So that makes sense. Um, also, I mean, it's not, it, it wasn't my dream career to be the, you know, the best assistant in the world. I kind of, I kind yes. of am happy that I'm not the best because otherwise don't want to be mm-hmm. doing that my, my, the rest of my life. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I remember, oh, that's the best part too, where you're like, hey, by the way, nobody mm-hmm. died. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm the worst. Cause I've literally said that to people before I had a boss where mm-hmm. he was just like, Oh my gosh. <sighs> and he was like in this huff and like, granted this, I mean, this, this isn't, this is entertainment guys. This is, but it wasn't mm-hmm. even high stakes situation. It's just like freaking out. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Do you have to go get to surgery where you're operating on someone to save their life? Because if not, this is not, no, we're not going there. Yeah. We're not going to that's that level of like insanity. So wait, so you're going into the office. She's in uh she's in once a week. Okay. And otherwise and we're we're like chatting on like um hangouts or whatever. So are you in the like office by yourself? No, so the the like office manager is there every day. Mm. And she's one of the uh, Upper East Side girls. And then um, there's a one of the producers is in, like a story producer is in every day, but she's working on a different show. Um, and then other than that, there's like a, a rotating cast of people who come yeah. in to do different things. And um, are you just like masked all day? Well, the nice thing is I do have my own office, so I don't oh, okay. have to wear my mask uh, most of the time. But, um, in, like, the common areas and stuff, yeah. Can you um, tell that, like, I have not worked at all in person? <laughs> I'm just, I love I, that this is I, what me in a podcast is. This is what me on a podcast is now, where I'm like, well, how do people do things? <laughs> um, well, like, I tell you what, I'm not liking it. I'm not. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Um, sounds bad. <laughs> no, um, well, at my last job I had, I was working remotely, for you know the better part of a year um and uh that was fine and came with its own struggles but I miss it I miss doing that I don't like what I'm doing now yeah I was very actually I shouldn't say that I I enjoy the content for the most part of what I'm doing now um yeah. uh it's not my ultimate goal to be an editor and be in post-production but um you know, that's uh, the skill set I have that's getting my foot in the door. Yada, yes, yada. it is. Yada, um, yada, yada. But, uh, uh, but I tell you what, micromanagers make it hard. Micromanagers make it really hard to, like, be a person and be you a person. You know what I wish person. a micromanager were? Actually, just, like, a tiny manager. Yes, that one, that's a micromanager. A puppy. A puppy, a puppy who manages me. <laughs> oh, no. A teacup uh, pig who, who manages me. <laughs> Who oinks, and, who oinks and reminds me when to take a break. <laughs> I gotta go. This teacup pig is driving me crazy. <laughs> Thank you, Wilbur. <laughs> Wilbur's expectations for what I am available to do on a weekend are insane. <laughs> it's, it's, okay, he types these emails. I literally don't know what he's trying to say. They're hooves. It's so annoying. He is the just hooves. stomping his little hose on the keyboard, and if I get it wrong, I'm the asshole. <laughs> 
But it is cute when he takes a nap on my desk. Oh my I god. I do like that. I forgive everything. <laughs> yeah. Um but so so what you I you said the first story, so I assume you have another story of a, of a different workplace I, nightmare you've gone through. It's a different workplace scenario, but it is the same office, and it's the same <laughs> era. Okay. <laughs> I did a lot in two years. Yeah, <laughs> I learned enough. a lot of lessons very quickly. Um, this one was, you had mentioned earlier that one of the only people that you connected with at one of your jobs was someone who you ended up dating and then you guys broke mm-hmm. up and then that was fun. So I learned the lesson of not being messy with your romantic relationships at work in the same office where I learned mm-hmm. don't reply all with catty nonsense mm-hmm. <laughs> where I was the receptionist and my boyfriend at the time was a PA and then so my boyfriend now <laughs> who I'm with now from so many years ago uh so he so I was in a little bit of a love triangle with like a current boyfriend and oh then my God. like a little office a romance. workplace love triangle a workplace love triangle here was this so hot girl <laughs> girl it was so scandalous it's um, so fun it was, well, so sex in the city except that I was like so neurotic and guilty the whole time I mm-hmm. felt terrible but technically I never actually cheated because I was living with my boyfriend we broke up but we were still living together because we were broke, still working in the same place. And then, you know, I had developed this crush. And then I was just like, it got all kinds of crazy and messy. And um, I, uh, my big scandal to myself was that Chris, who I had this connection with, was two years younger than me. I was 22 <gasps> and he was 20 and I was like, I'm a cougar. This is yeah. what am I doing? I'm married to Frankly, Turner. Frankly, <laughs> frankly, this is frankly this is predatory of me. It felt very predatory of me. I was canceling myself yeah, before anyone before else. it was even a conversation, a thing. Yeah, I felt so bad about it, and um, we would just like have these crazy makeout sessions, and then I'd go back home to my apartment and sit in my car and cry because I didn't have any privacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just, I was all over the place. You know, it's probably shocking that it all blew up in my face. <laughs> as as things like that are wont to do. Oh, it's actually really really stupid. I almost I almost forgot. So my ex boyfriend decided to fly back home to Georgia to film a short film and I decided to go with him and help him do it and yeah. shockingly you know the the the, the young 20 something year old Chris did not feel great about that he wasn't amped about <laughs> wasn't, the situation wasn't amped and then I it's funny I was always very very regretful at that because I felt like oh man I really messed up I was such a dick like I really I I really I flew too close to the sun I tried to carry Bradshaw Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. before there even was a Carrie Bradshaw Mm -hmm. um and then the funny thing was 17 years later after that happened I was walking down the street and he Chris saw me and tapped me on the shoulder and we both were like oh my god we were so dumb I'm so sorry I behaved that way and then thinking oh I had no idea that you 
you didn't, I thought I was an ass. This is my embarrassing story of how I mm-hmm. acted like an idiot, only to find that this other person thinks they're the person who. Right, did, and they acted like an idiot. And I, um, and that was in October 2019. And we have uh, been together ever since. <laughs> there you go. Yes. That's fun. <laughs> it was very That's fun. That's cute. Yes. So I'm here to tell you, you never know who you may circle back to. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I, I hope I, I hope I don't, I don't think I will, I actually don't think there's next that I want to circle back with. Um, yeah, I mean, all I'm, I don't mean that, like, you should, yeah, I only mean, like, life is so surprise like when people would say yeah. that and people would be like "Ugh," or i just be like Ugh, that only happens in movies that's not right. real yeah but actually it is life really is way truth is much stranger than fiction that is a hundred percent true um yeah that's so that's so interesting i um and that's also it just goes to show like how um you know reality is meaning like perception is reality and like you you both you both are like bolting up in the middle of the night like oh I was such a dick and for what or whatever like yes and and turns out neither of you like neither of you thought the other one was a dick we both were just like well I um it was very funny because I just remember saying to him, oh my gosh, I just remember thinking you were so young. And he was like, I'm 37 because I was 39 at the time. I was like, oh God. I was, I mean, to be fair, he couldn't go into bars. So I felt well, like. Well, yeah, 22 and 20 is a huge. It's different. Is, is a bigger difference than even like, you know, 24 and 22. Like it's just, you know, it's all relative. But yeah, that was so funny. I just, I had the. I wow what I a was, dream <laughs> this office saw all of my antics yeah you were like the you were like you were like the unwitting main character in this office I am the unwitting main character of my life <laughs> yes that is that is the tragedy do you ever um I mean I know public transport isn't a big thing in LA but like um are you ever like around a bunch of people like I had this realization on the subway the other day because I was like I couldn't find a place to seat, so I ended up, like, standing in the middle of the subway. And as I am wont to do, I was thinking about, like, how interesting I am. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, wow, nobody gives a shit about me on this train. <laughs> Literally oh. everyone is in their own world and, like, is, is, is dealing with their own things. And I could keel over and die and it would not make a difference in anyone of these people's lives and I wasn't saying that as like a dark thing it was more like um you know just like it's kind of like that thing of when people are like oh my god the universe is meaningless like the universe is chaos and then on the flip side they're like the universe is meaningless the universe is chaos like it's you know it's uh it's good or bad I guess however you want to phrase it yeah no I agree I mean I I find that freeing I, mm-hmm. I feel like I know a lot of people who have the exact opposite thing where they think everyone's always looking at them, critiquing them, judging them. Well, and in their defense, a lot of people in L.A., they do have a lot of people looking at them <laughs> and critiquing them. <laughs> yeah, but we're all them. safely in our cars. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Very but, true. But I think that um, I, I mean, I'm sort of an anomaly anyways where I have this weird thing, some. I don't know that dysmorphia is the word to use where I think that people notice me even less 
than they actually do. Right. Like, I feel right. like I think, I think I feel like in my head, I'm like this little ninja slipping mm-hmm. in and out of situations and people aren't really noticing. And then I find out later that like, no, everyone fully knows that blah blah And I was like, oh man, I thought I was being so nuanced. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I thought no, it was. never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard to, I mean, it's impossible to slip under the radar at any I think so. I think also, too, it's just, um, it's one of my biggest, I guess everyone's biggest challenge is, like, understanding how much of what I think is real or what I think stands out about me as a person is really what other people think. Yeah. I always find that so fascinating. It's really, like, the what? how big is the disconnect? I always want to know what people's first impressions are of me because I just, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I get told it's real. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, it, well, and I sort of, I talk about this and think about this a lot as, like, a gay person because I think there is, um, there is a real reckoning with that disconnect between, like, who you are and what you're presenting and how other people are thinking of you. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, a very real and tangible uh, sort of uh, connection of those two and and a a, uh, a marrying of those two uh, in, like, your consciousness, whereas, like, if you're a straight person, you don't necessarily have to marry those two things necessarily the default is hetero so everyone just assumes unless told otherwise and you're like oh well so i got to be the person to say otherwise (laughs) yeah exactly so but um but yeah like i think about that a lot like in this idea of like um you know like who i am and who i feel i am versus like what other people think of me um which um i hope i'll get past at some point um but but I actually get told all the time by, like, my closest friends in the world, they're like, I was scared shitless of you when we first met. Really? I found you super intimidating. I found you really, um, like, um, like, unapproachable. And I'm like, I have a round face. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why. <laughs> was, like, I wore glasses and have chubby cheeks. what you just told me is not possible (laughs) yeah yeah um but and that's funny because i never really had i an oval face you could definitely say that but here we are (laughs) but here we are and i have a round face um but i mean you know i mean like there have been times where i've like you know i think i've definitely had to be like assertive in certain social situations and stuff like that but i've gotten it enough where i'm like I was, like, shit-faced off of two hard ciders that night. Like, I don't understand where this, like, intimidation is coming from. I think, I think, I mean, well, I just think that goes back to people always thinking other people are judging them and not realizing. So my sister, my my youngest sister got a lot of attention for being very conventionally attractive. So she, Mm -hmm. people were constantly commenting and saying how pretty she was. Like we, she started working at Abercrombie and Fitch because we walked through the store and they saw her and they were like, Hey, right. And they were like, we have to have you. Yeah. And she's like, looking. she goes, I want the discount, but man, that is a dumb way to hire people. (laughs) But they're Mm -hmm. lucky I have any kind of common sense. But she was shy and quieter. Everyone at school thought she was a bitch. And yep. I, um, I, everyone thinks I'm, I'm like outgoing and chatty. And I, and I realized that people did not understand. I, cause for me, I'm very, I think I, I think I'm actually pretty much exactly what you think. 
<laughs> There's not a whole it's, lot of. It's pretty. It's kind of out there. It's like just... you see, I have resting me face. Like, yeah. There's not any confusion about what my, I'm feeling. But bit of an open book. Bit, bit of an, an open, open book, book. Bit of an open book. Uh, but my sister was more shy, and so I think for, the, as I've noticed, especially with like pretty or striking or conventionally attractive women, if you're a bit more on the quiet side, people assume you're judging them because they're like yeah. she's stuck up um but yeah. all these things where i was like that's not even close like that's such mm-hmm. a misread um my boyfriend for example he has a lot of anxiety and, and and ocd but you don't see that like you see someone who his form of how he when he gets nervous he gets real quiet real quiet and mm-hmm. and like and it seems calm but it's like because all the freakouts but happening inside. It's a it's you know a duck on water still yes, on top and the little and feet just pitter pattering away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. But yeah, if I mean yeah. if I think especially if you're a woman, if you're remotely on the quiet side, people make their own. They they try to put two and two together. They're like, oh, she doesn't like me. She's judging. Yeah, there's me. a lot of projecting. I think that happens particularly on women, not so much men. Yeah, no, um, not not nearly as much. Yeah, no, I remember it's but, so funny. I had it's a, good. They get a lot of shit thrown their way, so I'm glad that I they get a pass. I feel like they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I feel bad for men. Oh my god. So I'm just, I'm just glad they get a pass on this Just one. for men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you like how that wasn't even a joke? It was like, hey, I've seen that commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, a, it's reference humor. That's, um, we both grew up in a shared popular culture, and I'd like to acknowledge that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I have, a, I have a, a mutual of mine who I follow on Twitter. Her Meredith Dietz is her name, and she had a really funny tweet the other day where she was like, sometimes you don't need a punchline. You just need a reference. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's so true. Titanic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Gosh. Wow. Well, so deep. What a journey. What a journey. Can what I tell journey. you, I yeah. have this thing where, and friends have told me, I'm like, I don't really do small talk. I'm like, very, me neither. I'm very comfortable being like, within two sentences, like, girl, so how do you feel about death? Like, yeah. where are yeah. we with that? Have you dealt with yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm 24 and I'm never going to die, so no. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's just like not a thing for me. It's just like just, built different. It is. <laughs> it's not trending, so yeah. it's not. It's not on TikTok, so it's not really my thing. Thing mm. about death. Uh, pass. Um, yeah. No, I I get that. I was at a buddy's apartment the other night, and I met um, their friend from home. Like, had come in from out of town, and you know. I'd had a few insert alcoholic beverage here. Ciders? Ciders? May I? uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) perhaps it was. um, I'm remiss to remember, but regardless, um, uh, me and this dude were just, like, hitting it off. And I was like, so, like, why are you single? What's the deal? Like, what? Like, talk me through it. Like, are we seeing anyone? I love that. And, and, um... I think we ended up, and we talked. We talked a lot about Prince Philip dying too. Oh, how did how did that hit you guys? 
I mean, I'm devastated. <laughs> he was, he. <laughs> to be he clear, okay to I be am different. not laughing at a human dying. I'm laughing at how much it does not affect us. <laughs> um, well, also, I mean, he probably wasn't a good guy. I mean, like it's he was a the institution itself is a bit questionable if you look at the checkered past. (laughs) Yeah, I mean he he had a borderline pedophilic relationship with Queen Elizabeth. You can you hear me? You're a little bit sorry. I think I can hear. I can hear you, okay. but I'm a little You're bit back. frozen. We're back. Let's just do that for for another 30 minutes. Can you hear me? But Can you hear me? Okay, I'm a little bit frozen. Yeah. Oh my God, you're a little bit frozen. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, wait. Can so you, you lost me at... Um, no, but we were... Well, I think I'll, I I'm heard also something of, um, about pedophilia. <laughs> well, yeah, he was like 18 when he started courting Elizabeth, who was like 14. Girl, I know. Trust me. That is like what He's Elvis... Sick. Elvis and... and um, her mom. Yeah. Uh, Priscilla? Priscilla. Priscilla. I was going to say Lisa Marie. Name? Yes, but my brain went Elvis, and I was going to say, Lisa Marie. not Lisa Marie, that's his daughter. So I said to yeah. you, Elvis and her mom, which yeah. I'm yeah. turning into my mom, where I'm like, how did you not fill in that blank? <laughs> no, I, 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 I have those moments all the time where I'm like, who the fuck am I thinking of? And my friend's like, I know exactly who you're thinking of. I'm like, who... She was in that sh- that show, and there was that. I um I did a I did a podcast episode with uh, two of my friends who uh, they have a podcast about One Direction, oh, and I, I had them it. both on, <laughs> and uh, we were talking about Ed Sheeran, and I was like, and we were talking about um you know, uh, I don't know how in tune you are with like One Direction lore, but um, no, I'm here for. Uh, there's a lot of fan fiction I, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Tons. Um, wasn't my thing, but also adds up because I'm gay. But regardless, um, Niall Horan, one of their their Irish member, um, the the blonde of the group, um, he, uh, um, you know, Ed Sheeran was dating Ellie Goulding and then um, cheated on Ed Sheeran with Niall Horan. And so we were talking about that, and I was like, and that fucking song he wrote that song about it. And um, my friend Lauren was like, yeah, he did. Like, And I was like, yeah, and, it, and it's called. And we were like, yeah, I don't know. And then we both were like singing it to each other and trying to pick it up, um, but we couldn't. And I still don't know what it's called. I haven't looked it up since, but. Oh, I'm back, <laughs> I think. Yes, you are. You are back. Here's what keeps happening. It keeps freezing at the most, like, at the, the height of what you're about to reveal to me. And I'm like, yeah, just blue balls in over here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, and the thing is, is that unfortunately that story is about blue balls because I don't know what the song is called. We never figured it out. <laughs> so anyway, before we keep freezing, um, Lisa, thank you so much for being on. Do you, please, I invite you to, to plug yourself in any way you see fit. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Uh, I am at Timmons Lisa on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok because, you know, you got to do the social meds. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. actually just started a new podcast, which has not launched yet. But if you follow me on the social media, you will see when it launches. I'm calling it Lisa Loves You. And cool. I have one guest on who I am friends with. 
and I talk with them about why their friendship is so important to me and 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 love and positivity is like very very much exactly so sweet LA what it sounds like <laughs> but I think for me it was just you know I've watched this QAnon documentary or I'm like getting through it because it is tough it's several episodes mm-hmm. the HBO one yep and I realizing how much hate and insanity is just being churned out on the daily just in these boards and whatever and I to me it's just my attempt to put something positive out there to hopefully cancel out some negative stuff no it's I like it that's a fun idea Thank I'm you. Into it. Yes, and it was so you, you run you run a tight podcast, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um yeah, you know, we we appreciate that over here at Oh No. We <laughs> we appreciate that. That'll that'll get us through another day, as it were. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> yeah. Um so I I'll, I'll put all your links in in the show notes and stuff Thank and you. um yeah, and I'll get your address from you. I won't have you say it on record, but I'm gonna. I'll send you a couple stickers from the podcast. Oh, and if, please. Um, yeah, and if uh, if uh, you're not a guest on the podcast, um, good news, you can still get a sticker, uh, but you have to give me money. And uh, you can do that either through coffee or becoming a patron. And if you become a patron, nice. you get stickers. And whenever there's a new sticker, which um, I'm hoping to churn out a couple new designs um, once I quit this hell job, um, then. Um, uh, I'll send you those. Um, and if you're a patron, you get a nice shout out at the end of this episode. Um, yeah. and, uh, once the show, the episodes start getting monetized, which is hopefully sooner rather than later, um, then you will get exclusive to ad free content there. Um, other than that, we're at, oh no, the pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you know, if you're listening, then you know that we're streaming wherever you can get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple podcasts in particular, please give us a rate and review. Um, I want to get, um, I mean, honestly, like, okay, I'll fucking say it. I want to get some of my celeb crushes on here and we can't do that unless like, I want Brie Larson to come on and we can't do that (laughs) if we have, you know, fucking 10 ratings on the, on Apple podcast. We need to get up there. Guys, stop cock blocking her. Stop (laughs) cock blocking me. Okay. This is so annoying. Stop Larson blocking her. The only reason Brie Larson and I are not together is because I'm not famous enough. That's it. That's Um, it. Yeah, exactly. And then other than that, um, yeah, there's not much. Um, You know, uh, I hope that this podcast has managed to brighten your day because um, I know that for a lot of people, you know, we're getting to the end of, like, the microcosm of life sucking with, like, the vaccine and stuff. But there's still a lot of shit that sucks in like life in general and just like america particularly so like i hope that this made things better um and uh lisa got a little frozen here at the end so uh you know i'm not sure if she's back yet or not i turned off my camera so if you can hear (laughs) me i'm i'm in your walls Yes, perfect. <laughs> all right, awesome. Well, uh, Lisa, thanks again for being on, and um, thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you all on the flip. Thanks so much. A big thank you to all my patrons, Grace Murray, Lindsay, Morgan McCarthy, Alana Coleman, Kira Sears, Jillian Townsend, Schaefer Nelson, Clay Moyhan, Haley Pregnall, Caroline Phelan, and Sarah DeVellis. You guys are the best, and if you're interested in getting a shout-out like this at the end of every episode, please check out the Patreon. 
Ono's theme song was written, performed, and recorded by Katie Stahl and Mackenzie Haight. And the amazing cover art was done by Devante Burse, uh, at Devante Burse on all socials, at Designed by Devante on Instagram. <laughs>